the man in black fled across the desert and the gunslinger followed. A phrase I very, very much was going to have tattooed on my body at one point in my life. Seriously considered it. Seriously considered that line. I mean, it's a beautiful line. The other one, the other one is, go now, there are other worlds than these. Mm. Also from the gunslinger. And mm. lastly, which isn't technically from the books, but is from the T.S. Eliot uh, poem that these all came from, is Child Rolling to the Dark Tower Came. Which is actually just the title of the poem. I almost put a title of a poem on my body, Dale. I mean, I approve. <laughs> this is Hot Topic. <laughs> it's Report Jr. Hello, everybody. Uh, I'm one of your host companions, Zach Sarawick. And I'm your other host companion, Dale Decker. And we have <clears throat> fixed our audio issues specifically so that I could just, just fall, like just, just lovingly talk about the Dark Tower forever and make Dale listen Yay. while she talks about the movie she saw lovingly. versus the versus the eight books I've read plus the movie plus some of the comics. <clears throat> There's comics <laughs> so, too. Jesus. There are. Oh my god. Oh, we'll That's amazing. It. We'll get into it. But uh, yeah, so this is going to be one of our Hot Topic Banked episodes for y'all. Um, we're going to talk about literally this is like as a Stephen King fan, these books are like my favorite. These are my Lord of the Rings. These are my Harry Potter. <laughs> That's amazing. The Dark the Dark Tower is my fantasy series and I love it because halfway through it becomes Stephen King just talking about himself for a while. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like Stephen King created his own Marvel Cinematic Universe for his own books. Jeez. Like, oh, it's so bad. I had no concept of this, that there All was right. an entire series when I went and saw the movie. Um, I just was like, I saw a trailer for the movie, and I'm like, yep, yeah, that, yeah, I'm seeing that. I'm oh, seeing the because, hell out of that. What? Idris Elba as a Western just, like, yeah. fucking kick-ass gunslinger? Yeah. Matthew like, McConaughey just, swa- just swaggering into his scene and just kind of... Blank face, just like owning every yeah, chewing scenery like it's fucking candy corn. I love it. (laughs) I remember seeing the trailer, like I'd be like, yeah, no, this is definitely like I'm not missing this movie, and I didn't even know it was a Stephen King book (laughs) when I when I like I realized it close to it, but I never knew that there were series or anything like that. I don't have much experience with Stephen King. I have all, the, have experience, all the experience, so I bring <laughs> I'll bring that to the table. Yeah. So it's interesting. So the Dark Tower series, um, like I said, it's like he, he, I think it's like three books in before he finally explains this. But sometime in his life, Stephen King was a um, an English teacher. Basically, mm. he wrote Carrie at thirty years old. That oh, got wow. famous, and that was in the late seventies. He's like seventy now, mm-hmm. um, but and that was like his breakout his breakout book was Carrie. But what, as, as a teacher and as a as student in school, he read the T.S. Eliot poem, Child Rolling to the Dark Tower came and he, in his words, like became obsessed with it. Mm. And so he it's, writes the gunslinger in like the early eighties mm. and the gunslinger ends up being the first of what became eight books over like three decades. He didn't finish this series until like 2012. So, that's crazy. So, crazy. Because because like and it was like and it's really only like every five or six years <clears throat> another book of these would come out. Mm. So like there's Gunslinger and then four four or five years later it's the Drawing of the Three. Five years after that it's the Wastelands. I'm doing this all from memory by the way. Okay. Four years after that it's Wizarding Glass, and then you get Wolves of the Kaya or Kala depending on who you listen to. Okay. I swear to God, it's got a double L. I think it's supposed to be Kaya, but every time I've listened to the audiobook, they say Kala, and it messes with my head. I don't know, because uh, no. double L would be a L. You, it, it, right? you would think it would be like like in Spanish, like the double L would be yeah. Kaya, right? But hmm. there's a character that shows up in the book who's also a character from Salem's Lot. We're going to get there. Is <laughs> His name is Callahan, and they very distinctly in the book talk about how like there's a, such a grand coincidence that, Cal, that Callahan lives in Kala. Cal- oh, oh, okay. God. All right. Yeah. I got uh, you. Then yeah, I'd yeah, be Kala. If that then, is, if that's, if that's going to be in there, it's going to be yeah, Kala. Yeah, it needs to like, be Kala. <laughs> the thing is, they don't, they don't talk like that. That line specifically comes like two thirds of the way through the book. So my brain had already convinced itself it was Kaya. It was yeah, like, oh, I damn gotcha. it. I um, gotcha. 
and then there's Song of Susanna, and then finally The Dark Tower that comes out. And then a few years after all of that, he writes um, The Wind Through the Keyhole, which is like two short stories mm-hmm. that like take place. They, they don't take place. They're framed as the characters in the book are, are talking about the story. So he's like, I don't know, stick it between book four and five because there's really no other good place for it. If, you, if you're going to try and figure out like a canon timeline for where this book takes place, just stick it in there yeah. somewhere. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Which is like the great attitude for this guy who writes this seven books over these eight books over 30 years. And his attitude to it is, I don't fucking know where it goes. <laughs> <laughs> Put it somewhere. Doesn't matter. So it's going to work the, either way. So when the movie finally came out, that movie came out after years mm. of like development hell for the dark tower in various forms first it was going to be a movie then it was going to be like an hbo series then it was going to be for a long time ron uh, ron howard was involved oh wow what he was going to do was we'll do the gunslinger as a movie then we're going to do the next two books as like a couple of seasons of a show then we'll put out another movie for this then we're going to do a couple more seasons of that like the weird weird way to shift the story around it was crazy and eventually Jeez. they're just like what if we took all eight books and shoved them into one two hour movie <laughs> yeah I, oh man i wish i wish there was more like i on i mean there is more i could read mm. the books and after seeing the movie i was like i'm gonna sit down to read all these books but that that never happens with me um i'd like to read them Maybe this conversation will, like, inspire me to actually, like, do it and read the lore because I don't know. There's so much in the movie that happens that I'm like, this is amazing. I want to know more about these people and the situation (laughs) where I would read them. So, I don't know. But I just, I would love... It would have been so cool if there was, like, a TV show and a more movies that I could latch on to. <laughs> well, and especially the way the movie ends. The movie ends, yeah. you know, open-ended in mm-hmm. that they can do sequels. I also think that they were like, there's a good chance we're not getting a sequel on this one, guys. Because yeah. this came out, this, this ended, ended up coming out, like, a few months after It. And It was so huge. And Wait. Dark Tower was not. They Wait. came out like within a year of each other. Oh, within a year of each. I thought you said I think they, months. I think they, I I think they said... came out months. Let me check exactly. <clears throat> Cause because Dark Tower was 2017. I thought it was. No, I wasn't working at GameStop. Wait, did it come out while I was working at GameStop? <laughs> yeah, Dark Tower is 17. It Chapter One is. Thank you, Internet. <laughs> Thank you, Internet. We are not at the very by least. The, the hype internet. for it. It was also 2017. Really? But it came out, I think, in October. So it actually might have come out after. It might have been that Dark Tower came out in the summer and then it came out in, in the fall. See, I thought Dark Tower was the uh, was September. Wow, I got time. It, it could have. I mean, it could also be later in September. I'm trying to remember because, like, I saw it while I was still in New Mexico, which all that time mm. blends together. But I mean, the the big thing is that, like, I think what happened was, a spe- I mean, first off, the Dark Tower itself. Mm. Because it had been going for years, people were trying, like, people who are, like, really into the series, like me, have been waiting for some sort of adaptation and also knowing in the back of our heads there's no way an adaptation is going to work. Mm, yeah. <laughs> like, no one's going to put Lord of the Rings money behind the Dark Tower. Which sadly. is really sad because it, it, it really it is. Like, the, the... deserves it. I, in my opinion, I think it would have been this huge, awesome thing if people rallied behind it. And here's the thing. The HBO, like the idea of like an HBO series, like Game of Thrones style for mm-hmm. it would actually probably be best. Because you like, yeah. especially because the books like their lengths kind of go all over the place. The, the Gunslinger is not a long book. Yeah. The audio book is like eight hours. Oh, wow. The drawing of the three is like... 22 <laughs> like, <Okay. laughs> it jumps. like you get into the you get into like stephen king's whole i'm gonna write a thousand page book style of writing yeah. sometimes with these that's great though it's um, great that like first of all never knew that this came from um a poem never knew t.s Eliot. you said right never yes. never freaking knew that so the fact that stephen king had appears to have so much passion for this world of of that is the dark tower is like that that makes me so happy and like so psyched about it and i still don't know it nearly as much as you do the things that i know are based on the movie and i loved the movie so much 
that I bought the pop figures. <laughs> and that that is like a very big tell. If I buy your pop figures, you did something right with me. Like and, you, and you affected me in some way and it worked. And really like the fact that you like it so much when I remember sitting down and watching the movie and I did like the movie more than a lot of other people mm. that, that sat down and I think that were like serious fans and watched it and were like, well, this is the disappointment I thought it would be. Yeah. I watched it and it was like, mm, it's about what I thought it would be, but I think it's actually fairly serviceable as like a, again, as one of the like short stories connected to the Dark Tower series, like lore as a whole. I yeah. think it works. I think it works best actually if it's like, it's like someone played the weirdest game of telephone and like three or four people down that person decided to write a movie based on what they had been told the dark tower was about but in a lot of weird ways that's exactly like that that works yeah. because the dark tower is so much and the world that that Stephen King created is so much about like trying to figure out shit that happened like years and years and years ago without having any context for it yeah so it's almost like the movie serves almost perfectly that way. It's like, let me tell you the legend <clears throat> of Roland and Jake and the man in black. It's like, okay, well, you're forgetting like a thousand other characters. But sure, <laughs> the story is about Roland and Jake. When you really, when you really, like, really break down those books, though, that book That's series is. is about Roland and Jake and the man in black. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. yeah and I, 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 when we were deciding this, uh, if this was going to be our topic, um, last night you were like, it's cre it's kind of crazy to you that I loved it so much because it's so out of context. I remember sitting there watching this movie and being like, yeah, this kind of came out of nowhere. I'm okay with it because I'm, they're gonna tell me what's, what's about to happen. They're gonna go into backstory. They're gonna show little snippets of like Roland's past life and all of that. It's gonna, it's gonna work. I'm cool that I have no idea what's happening right now. And I feel like a lot of people aren't good at that. <laughs> well, especially for like saying. larger movies. It's almost like what yeah. happened was like you've got the budget of paying Idris Elba and Matthew Conaghy and getting fairly decent special effects in all of that. And so Dennis, you have this like. And Dana, uh, Dennis, for like a couple scenes, Dennis. Um, oh, he's the. He's a State Farm, not State Farm, Nationwide guy. Right? He's got the voice. The, he's his dad. Oh, yeah. Dennis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know who you're talking something. about. I mean, yeah. And then, like, uh, any number of character actors and stuff yeah. in this movie. So there's there's a budget behind this movie, but it's also, like, the beest of B-movies when you really, like, look at it. Like, it is such, like, a... Which is great. I think it works for it. But it is just, like, it's such a B-movie yeah. compared oh, yeah. to what... So, like, again, it a few months later coming out and being like hugely like well-crafted well, and well-written all that. And look at, and then, sorry. But I think it works as a pulp story. Sorry. Yeah. I just think it works as a pulp story. No, no, no. Well, and it's like, also look at its legacy. Like it has it, the movie has this <laughs> legacy that almost helps it to become this bigger thing in modern day, you know, movie going experiences. Cause People know Pennywise. People know, like, where where it comes from. They know Stephen King, all of that. Like, it's crazy that those... I did not... I, it's crazy that those come out really, like, really close to each other. Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. But it has that following to help it, you know? I can't... Right. I hate that it is called it. <laughs> <laughs> so much. And somehow still the more popular movie. Yeah. <laughs> the most like, confusing title. <laughs> I, 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 and now it chapter two is coming out, which I had no idea that it was going to get a sequel. A oh sequel. yeah, that was planned before the movies even came out because of um, the way the book is written. What yeah. they did, like in the book version, quick, quick it diversion, everybody. Yeah. In the book, in the in the the way that book is structured is that it weaves back and forth between like flashbacks. So it's actually really interesting in that each character is introduced in the first like half of that book and so you get them as an adult and then you get the flashback to when they were a kid and interacted with Pennywise and then like their 
decision to come back to to town and and stop it from coming back Hmm. again um and so when they made the movie they were like screw it we'll just do all the kids stuff for part one and all the adult adult stuff stuff. for part two and actually that's cool well uh, yeah (laughs) and ends up working really well that way yeah um but it also means it also means that if the first one completely flopped they at least had some sort of complete story in the first one that Hmm. they could just like walk away from it if they had to um again something that they ended up doing for for dark tower in that like they just were like screw it just dump all of the lore into this one Mm. movie and then we can walk away from it if we have to or we leave it open-ended well the and it doesn't at least for me it never felt like an info dump it never felt like too much exposition or anything like that i'm like okay you're telling me exactly what i need to know in order to feel what i need to feel right now like that's all i needed Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like there was definitely a possible there, there's a version of this movie that's an hour longer <laughs> that tries to explain things as they go. Wait, liter- wait, for real? No, no, no. Oh. no. I'm just saying like in- I would watch that. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, like, in- but it also like tries to integrate more of those characters and ends up being convoluted and all and all over the place and mm-hmm. even more confusing for some people. Mm-hmm. Whereas the version that they have is like, OK, like I said, it's like a good like short story, like three people down the line this is what that story bare bones is about and i mean i think the most if i had if i as a person who did not who walked into this movie not knowing anything about stephen king the only exposure to stephen stephen king i really had and this i mean maybe i had more but in my freshman year english class uh we were we were talking about horror or something we were on like a genre topic and um, we were talking about Stephen King, and we read the short story, The Mangler. Oh God! Now about the laundromat. About the right? uh, about yes, about the <laughs> the demon possessed uh, laundry press. Oh God, I love and that. And I <laughs> fucking, it's so fucking dumb. I love it. I fucking fell in love with that short story, and I have a feeling that I was one of the only people in my class who like was so in love with it and like latched onto it so much because I'm reading it and I'm like this is fantastic this the imagery is beautiful the like I, like I, like I'm I was reading it and there's that moment where the woman like starts walking up to it and it like oh it's just so good the description is so good of it like breathing of the machine breathing and i just remember reading it being like this is this is proper scary but yeah. i'm so excited to see what happens um and like it totally that whole time was when we were reading Edgar Allan Poe and like we had to write our own story of like like um we we were talking about like uh, jaws and like close to shore there was a there was a um weird book that came out called close to shore and it was like a narrative fiction kind of thing where it told stories about like real shark attacks and stuff so and then we had to write our own shark attack story so it was like all within this realm of me learning about horror from other like not humans being oh, yeah. the okay. being the source of something scary, like something else. So we read um, Murder in the Rue Morgue with the gorilla, and then we had to write a story from the gorilla's perspective, and from the Edgar Allan Poe story. So hmm. uh, that was really cool. Like I I so latched onto that, and my story basically was about the gorilla just like showing off that it was intelligent and in bot and. In showing that it was intelligent, it accidentally killed these people. Is is it murder in the room, Mark? I you they are beyond my knowledge on that. I don't one, remember. Unfortunately. It, I don't remember if it's murder in the room, Mark. It could be, it could be called something else. But it's basically a gorilla goes off and it escapes the zoo and it goes off and it kills people. Um, I could have the title wrong, but so I wrote it from that perspective. Ow! And then I wrote like. <laughs> And then we read The Mangler, and I was like, oh my god, now a freaking demon is in a laundry press? This is awesome. And this is a huge tangent to say that all I knew about Stephen King was The Mangler. No, it's perfect, because I mean, and, like, that... <clears throat> like, it, it, 
so going into Dark Tower, I had no idea. I didn't, like, the only biggest, the biggest, like, confusing part of Dark Tower is that it brings in the shine. And I didn't know the shine was a thing. Like, I know the shining. I've never seen the shining, but I know it. But I didn't know that there was a thing, like an entity, not an entity, but like a... It's like the force. It's like the force. It's like the force, right? I didn't know that the shine was like a force, but it's kind of explained in the Dark Tower. So I'm like, oh, cool. Now I know. Right. Like, it's it's explained enough. And again, that's a thing for, like, Stephen King fans. That that movie is reference after reference after reference as well mm. it's in the background of everything mm. um when they're in the woods in that or one of the early scenes or around the um the knocked out uh can, uh carnival there is yeah. a thing that says pennywise in the background yep. for yeah. pennywise clown um there's a scene where they uh they're like in a back room somewhere mm. and there's like a little model car and that model car is christine yeah uh it's like the same the same like type of car that christine is the there's a whole bunch show of stuff up, apparently on. yeah i i was i started reading the uh, um trivia last night for the movie before going to bed yeah. and it was like stating all of these stephen king easter eggs and i'm like that's really cool like it's cool that th- it feels like dark tower is like center world and then all of the other stephen king stories come from that that world. is exactly what it is <laughs> like, too so that's so <laughs> freaking cool to me <laughs> yeah so um the perfect transition then because we could talk about that now <laughs> so it's interesting because that doesn't happen at first right mm. like stephen king has has always done this where he has always kind of referenced things that he other things he's written back and forth a little bit partly because what he was trying to do is like this is happening in the real world and so like this is a town this is a real town somewhere and so there's a history to it yeah. the biggest one being castle rock um with not just a hulu tv show everybody it's a stephen king reference to no end castle rock is the town like from the body which is what stand by me was based on and it's the book the town Jesus, from i am learning so much yeah and it's the town and um oh what's it called uh needful things the book needful things is actually like it's labeled as the last castle rock book because he had written so many different stories and books about castle rock and cujo takes place in or around castle rock in fact in the body it's great because in the body which is written as like um, it's you know someone from the 80s writing about their childhood in the 50s. So he's references a book, a, a dog. Did you ever see Stand by Me? Um, yeah. With the with yes. the with the rot with the with the dog that they're all scared of. So my the thing about Stand by Me is that we definitely like watched it in school, but I don't. I was not really paying attention. No. So there's the a time. dog in the there's a dog at the dump that they're all scared of, and it turns out to be like a little like um. Mm like jack russell terrier it's not like at all but 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 in the in the body in the original story what he when they talk about that dog um the narrator actually says you know spike was the scourge of castle rock and feared by all it would only be matched uh, years later when so-and-so's dog cujo went on a massive murder rampage or something like that like that's the type of way he would reference his stuff before jeez so like especially like so the shine we talked about the shine and mm-hmm. the, the shining like Danny from the shining being telepathic and all of that uh, and having this like weird connection to things that's not called the shine until like book five yeah. they don't get it anywhere near that it's it's called the touch early on and then at some point he decided that this was all going to be connected and so he started like the touch sometimes called the shine and the next thing you know it's always called the shine that's crazy <laughs> um, that's so cool I can't and believe I never read Stephen King. Because what happens is is Midworld, where where Roland is from, ends up being like he's doing that thing where it's like, oh, this is the world where all of our like a lot of our stories come from. Some people are connected to it and can see into it, and mm-hmm. so like there's Wizard of Oz references, and you know Roland is very much a uh, based on like old old Wild West cowboys oh, and yeah. stuff. So it's like, oh, so like Clint Eastwood's. Uh, Clint Eastwood's characters and all of these old cowboy westerns were all based on like Roland's uh, Roland's people and all that yeah. stuff, which is great. But uh, <laughs> what happens? What's really great is uh, once book four and five and all of them start coming out, is uh, they do this thing at the front of a lot of Stephen King books. They probably do it in other authors too, but Stephen King especially because he's got a thousand books where you can. There's like a list of all of the books he's written. 
and all of the things he's published so you can see them. Yeah. And in like book five, they start doing a thing where they bold and asterisk the ones that are connected to the Dark Tower series. Okay, that's <laughs> and you cool. just start yeah. seeing you just start seeing more and more and more of them being connected in different ways. And it's like this is a story where like these have characters that cross over or these have uh, these are directly connected stories or these are stories based on it. Um, that is so cool to me. That is something that works so, so well with me. Like it, there, I mean, to the point where, you know, I don't know if you know, another tangent, small tangent, the Chicago PD shows and the oh, yeah. Chicago fire and Chicago, the, 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 the there's another, there's the uh, medical, medical, or medical right? yeah. like, that works for me it's cool that those all are linked it's cool that i mean i think i think there's that theory or whatever or it's truth that like all the john hughes movies happen in the same town or whatever um that could be something else that's a but, that's a jane silent bob reference yeah but, but you know <laughs> but like it i mean it's not far from the realm of possibilities like it's just that connection is so cool to me <laughs> I love yeah. it. And, and what's great is like <clears throat> it also like it bleeds over not into just like characters crossing over. Like I said, like and it, it, what's great is like the priest from Salem's Lot. The reason that the the reason that it's so funny to have the priest from Salem's Lot show up in the Dark Tower is that in Salem's Lot, that priest literally like gets on a bus and leaves. His whole like, thing is that he tries to stop the vampires in Salem's Lot and he's completely like knocked down because he has lost all faith. And so he basically just like puts his head between his legs and fucking bolts. <laughs> and so what they say is like when they bring him into the Dark Tower later, he shows up and he's like, yeah, I went drifting through town through through the, the, the country and trying to find my faith again. And then I accidentally basically walked through a fucking portal into this town. Oh, and so I live here now <laughs> because the whole idea of like the tower is getting weaker and it's going to fall. And that means that like reality is bending and all of these worlds are bleeding together. You can start just kind of drifting into these other worlds by accident. Mm. Um, And then you get books like eyes of the dragon and the talisman, which are basically dark tower stories like adjacent. Mm. So eyes of the dragon kind of. (laughs) So eyes of the dragon is like straight up fantasy. It's just it takes place like but has like Martin, the sorcerer, who is the man in black and has a prince named Roland. And it takes place in Midworlds. But what the reason that he wrote that is that uh, his daughter. Interesting. I was literally just reading this yesterday. I swear to God, I don't know this entirely off the top of my head, but his daughter was born uh, with like a, a. she, she doesn't like produce adrenaline oh, okay. and the same, at the same rate that that like most people do, yeah. which means that she actually can't get scared very easily. Oh, wow. Because, you know, the whole like fight or flight fear response is all adrenaline based. Yeah. So so she basically turned to her father one day and was like, she's not scary, dad. I was to tell you. <laughs> she says to Stephen King. Yeah. And so he, and he was like, so she didn't like horror movies and she didn't like horror books. And he was like, fine, I'll write you a book. <laughs> and what he wrote her was Eyes of the Dragon. It's like dedicated to her and everything. And it's just basically like, again, much like the movie, just kind of like, what if I stripped the Dark Tower stuff down into one short little fantasy book? Yeah. And and did that. And then The Talisman is this book about this kid who uh, his mother gets sick. I think he's in he's he's living in like I think it's Maine. It's usually Maine. Uh, (laughs) And he his mother gets sick and he finds out that he can. If he goes across the country to California, there's a tower somewhere with a magic flower in it that will help save his mother. And so, like, he does this whole, I'm going to go across the country and ends up drifting into another world and coming back because of all of these weird portals (laughs) and gets to this tower in California. And it pretty much is the story of the Dark Tower again, just down into one book (laughs) and, like, drifting into different worlds and all of these come across and stuff like that. So. So it's all these ideas and these themes and stuff that are just kind of in and out of Stephen King's books all the time. Yeah. Really? That's so cool. Uh, I, ugh. <laughs> now I have to read more Stephen. I, like, had no, no concept of, I thought Stephen King's stuff was all just super, super creepy and scary, and I was not going to have any part I mean, of his, it. His, his early like, stuff, 
Yes. Um, like these days and like in, in mid and even like even early on. But but like his early stuff is definitely like his horror days. Yeah. And these days it's much more like dark fantasy is probably a better way to put well, it. Like there's still like horror elements, but he gets like a little bit more fantastical with his yeah. stuff. Well, I'm fine. I like horror elements. I do like I say that I don't like creepy or scary things. I do. I really do <laughs> like those things. I just need, I want to choose what I'm being creeped out by. And dark fantasy is, is really what it is, is, is really what I like to gravitate towards and be freaked out by because the end of the day, it's fantasy and it's, it's with fantasy. There are scary things. There are dark like forces and all of that. So geez, I had, I just had no idea that Stephen King was doing like, fantasy thing <laughs> yeah too. yeah and like i said like he dropped into in and out of it for years like gunslinger is probably is like his first like real like fantasy fantasy yeah. books like yeah. early early on um and he, he dips in and out of that but um i was going somewhere with this and i can't remember what now oh yeah so i mean again though like all of that connective tissue stuff even though he had like hinted at it for <laughs> years a lot of that connective tissue stuff doesn't come until much later because of and i i think this might be why i might be make i might just be projecting at this point but uh do you know about his uh like massive like hit and run when he was uh, like the early 2000s i think it was maybe late 90s like a literal hit and run like he got like he got bashed by a van that then ran off yeah no so i think it's between (laughs) book three and four is when this happens (laughs) because it comes up later and like why it took him like two or three extra years to write the fourth book um he was have you ever seen or have you ever heard of Kingdom Hospital? No. It was a mini series. It was actually a Swedish mini series, I think, that he then developed for um ABC, but it's like he's super Stephen Kinged it up for what he can <laughs> see. But it opens up with actually an almost like play by play of this accident he was in because oh, wow. like the main character is an artist who was hit mm-hmm. by a truck and is like bedridden in a, in the hospital. He's out for a run. Some guy high off his mind with his dog in the car started fighting with his dog about the meat they had in the cooler and he was like not paying attention to the road and basically just straight on hit Stephen King with like a panel van just bam like laid him out on the side of the road so there was like a few months where he was like stuck in the hospital thought he was going to die all of this stuff and like and so when he gets back into writing and he gets back, especially to the, the Dark Tower stuff, that's when he starts writing himself into these books a little bit yeah. and getting into that connective tissue stuff. Because like like literal scenes where they go into the into our world and talk to Stephen King <laughs> and like Jeez. and like entire like and again, he writes out that entire accident at one point. Like it's it's just in like book six you just read that or even beginning of book seven i think maybe but like he just play by play plays out that whole accident and like so he got so it it, there's a point at which it goes from being this thing about like the stories he likes and the stories that he's telling and winter weaving those into a much more like even more personal story on top of that yeah which is just this like really interesting arc for that franchise that it goes from like this fantasy fantasy fit like the book before his accident they're on a freaking train telling riddles to the train so that it won't run Stop. them into a wall <laughs> and then and then the next book is like well we got out of that scrape now let me spend this entire book telling you roland's entire backstory for like 2000 pages and then we'll get back to the story here in the next book after that and which robot wolves are going to attack what places. yes wolves what? of the Kala is so crazy oh my god Wolves of the Kala is insane. He's got robot. He's got like they're they're in like literal Doctor Doom cloaks. Like he even references Doctor Doom as what they look like. Oh my god. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god. That's crazy. Jeez. These are the things that you can't put in the movie, unfortunately. No. Because like these involve like <laughs> all, it's like because all of it is in service of you know letting you really know who Roland is and also building up all of these other people around him just so so that like his eventual getting to the tower is like a whole other has like this whole huge meaning meaning to it. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in the book, it's like, we need to save the tower or in the movie it's, we need to save the tower in the book. It's, 
he just needs to fucking get there because he's so obsessed with it that it's made turn him into kind of a monster. <laughs> that his obsession of the tower has turned him into kind of a horrible, horrible monster. Wow. And it's just eight books of learning about that. <laughs> That's so cool. Ugh. I... No concept, no freaking concept of that, of any of that happening. Yeah. And that just makes it so much cooler to me. <laughs> and I haven't, I probably still won't even read them. <laughs> but like, just knowing that, knowing that there's that connective tissue as you, as you refer to it, which is cool. And it's just, oh, God, damn yeah, it. Now, it, I don't know how much the, I, I, I would look into the comics I don't know how many of the actual books have been developed into the comics versus like them being just like even extra stuff because it's both. I know that there are there. Are, I don't know if the gunslinger itself specifically has been turned into like a graphic novel or some kind, but like there's definitely like comic runs that do basically like that whole backstory from wizarding it, class is like a comic now, yeah, I think. It but then probably, it's also like some after some after stuff with that too. It probably speaks volumes that I will most likely find the comics and read those and right. latch onto those instead of finding the books. Yeah. Um, um, I just like, I don't know. Comics is a whole other discussion that we could have in, in the future, but I don't know. It, yeah. If there's a comic version of something, I usually will gravitate towards that. Yeah. And, and I would also look up like, especially the hard covers. I think the, the, paperbacks also had this but the uh the novels have like those like every few hundred pages that commissioned mm. painted like oh. nice picture see that that's beautiful context of what's going on so there's some oh. great some beautiful artwork in there that's... um i think i think the comics are also where you get more into the king arthur stuff that comes up in the movie yes okay all right because um because in the books like you get that it is alluded to that like Roland might be a descendant from some version of King Arthur. Mm -hmm. uh, but the whole, uh, the guns being made out of Excalibur, I yep. think is mostly the comics in the movie. That's I awesome. might be a thing that they say it's rumored in the books and it's like one line and they pass on from it. Yeah. But in the books in the movie and like in the movie, they especially like make it like, no, this is true. Yeah. <laughs> so that might be from the comics. I don't know about that one because like, there's the whole thing where the gunslingers were like the, the descended like versions of the Knights of the Round Table kind of thing. Mm. That's definitely in the books, and that's like a whole thing um, about like how you create like the groups, your your quartet, your group of people that go with you, yeah, uh, and, and go forward with you on your journeys and all that. Yeah, that's funny because the kid who plays Jake in Dark Tower is then in the kid who would be king. Was he really? Yeah. <laughs> He, uh, oh, oh, I don't remember who he plays. I don't remember the names, but, uh, yeah, he's, he's like one of the bullies in the kid who would be kink. Wonderful. And it's great because I'm like, because <laughs> I'm like, oh, this is Dark Tower Kid. Oh, this is Dark Tower Kid. Oh, you, you're a jerk. No, go back to being the Dark Tower Kid. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jake. Jake oh, is such God. a wonderful character. Yeah. Jake is a wonderful character because Jake dies multiple times in the <laughs> series. And just comes back? And just keeps coming back. Because what happens it. in the, uh, like, Ugh. slight spoilers for, like, the for like the books, but we'll, we'll get into yeah. this because I think it's it's interesting is how they, they weave it into the, the movie. So in the movie, he's having, like, the dreams of the tower and everything, yep. and it's much more connected to him being, you know, having the shine and the touch and all of that. In the in the <laughs> books, the reason he's having these visions is because uh, time travel, <laughs> Roland time travels Beautiful. and stops him from dying, cool. and it kind of splits his brain in two. Oh wow! Because <laughs> the way that he gets into the original book in the Gunslinger is that he is pushed in front of a moving car and dies, and wakes up in Midworld, and it's all the Man in Black just fucking with yeah. Roland, yeah. because then he turns. Because what happens is he gets. In the midworld, and he travels with Roland, and the man in black is like, "Well, if you want to find me, you're gonna have to kill that kid." And spoiler alert: Roland kills that kid. Wow. <laughs> Roland is again not a great character. Like, I mean, he's a great character, a bad person. Yeah. So like, and it's actually Jake that like in the end is like, uh, has the great line: "Go now, there are other worlds than these." And then basically throws himself off of like a train cart that's like inside of a mountain. Into like a river full of murderous mutants. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. So what have so then in like the second book he shows up again and because earlier in the book Roland had basically gone back and 
I don't know if this is a little bit retconning. Also, might be me forgetting. I haven't re-gotten to that part of the book yet, so I might be mixing some things up. But essentially, Roland stops him from being pushed into the street. Yeah. He stops the because it's not technically the Man in Black. It's like a whole thing where um, the Man in Black cannot actually in the books cannot actually come into our world the way he does in the movies. Mm. And so he has to like possess people, I think, or like get okay. them to do things for him. All right. So the guy that he gets to push Jake into the car also like years later in that story affects a different character. Mm. And so Roland stops him after that, which means he's not alive to push Jake into the street, which means that Jake never dies the first time, which means he never shows up in the, which means he shouldn't have been there in the gunslinger. It's like a whole thing. And so his brain just like starts getting all fucked up because he doesn't understand. Like he all of a sudden he starts remembering all of these things from the gunslinger that never happened because he didn't die. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's great. Oh, it's great. That's so cool. Oh my God. Uh, He also has a, there's another reason you're, you're going to want to at least find the comics, and that's because Jake has a Billy Bumbler. And a Billy Bumbler. A what? <laughs> Billy Bumbler is like a raccoon dog. Oh my God. And he is adorable. Oh my God. His name is Oi. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to find the comics today. Yeah, at the and, very um... least, you should just look up Oi the Billy Bumbler. Oh my God. Oh man. The raccoon dog. Yeah. Yeah, he like befriends this little raccoon dog thing, and it becomes like his little companion. Oh, <laughs> Books. Oh my god, that just sold me. I need you I to understand. I, I thought it might. <laughs> Knowing that there's a raccoon dog. Yep, that's that's me. I'm there. I'm on board. <laughs> Jeez. Um. Yeah. So they, uh, these books are freaking wild. I love yeah. I love every minute of them. Especially because, like, uh, even when they start to get like fillery, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in the beginning of of drawing of the three right now, and they're they're introducing a character, and it's so funny because I get like it's like excruciating detail of like getting off of a plane and going to make a drug deal, and it just like goes on for a long for time. A yeah. and the whole time, Roland is watching it through a door on a beach. Wow. <laughs> he he goes full uh, being John Malkovich. In which there's a door he can go through into somebody else's head. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so cool. I, oh my god. This is, this is all stuff that I can't believe is, is Stephen King. I, like, I, I know I've said that a lot, but I, I just can't wrap my head around that all of this is Stephen King. <laughs> yeah. And, and the reason that I was like, I, I've talked about the fact that like the, the movie works almost as like a sequel to this book series. Mm. Uh, getting into like, skipping over a lot of actual stuff to talk about like the very ending of that book he gets to the top of that tower and when he walks out he's back in the desert at the beginning of the gunslinger yeah because it's a it's a whole thing about like a loop the cycles kind of. of like cycles and loops in yeah. cyclical storytelling and all of that yeah. but there is like one change it's a whole thing in that it starts in the gunslinger and you find out about it more throughout the things where he's got this like horn that's around his belt mm. from his friend Cuthbert and it's a whole thing about how he doesn't at the beginning of the gunslinger he doesn't have that because when Cuthbert died it was like this whole massive battle it was like the end of the gunslingers it's why he's the only one left yeah. and all of these all of his friends died and he left the horn on the battlefield with them and it was supposed to be this like big symbolic thing that he was like abandoning his past and moving on and his obsession with the tower got so strong that he started to forget, forget all about all being the gunslinger and all that right so at the end of the books he has the horn yeah. He's walking through the he's walking through the desert again. He's back at the beginning, but this time he has the horn, which is like this big symbol for like he grew at least a little. He if he's going to go through this journey again, at least now he has like learned something. Yeah. And so in the movie, he has the horn. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I thought I remember seeing a horn somewhere yes. on they made his it, costume. They even made a de- big deal out of it when they were talking about the movie because there was this weird Twitter side to this. Oh, really? <laughs> Where, like, they is. announced the movie and they knew that people were going to have misgivings about the movie or, or fear. So they start talking about, like, especially like the horn was like their big thing, right? And Stephen King is involved in all of this, talking about how, like, you know, remember that there's there's cyclical storytelling here and this yeah. can just as well serve as a, if he's got the horn, that means something. If, mm-hmm. if, if this version of Roland has the horn and all of that. And um, it was also great to watch, like, 
Matthew McConaughey and Idris Elba talk to each other like Roland and the Man in Black yeah. on Twitter. Yeah, that's crazy. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Which is great, which is great because I feel like that was Matthew McConaughey got high one day and did that and Idris Elba was like, fuck it, I'm just going like, to play, play this out. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Oh, um, man. Yeah, so so the fact that there are like differences in there, like it's retelling the story differently and there's, there's characters that have changed or are missing and all of that, it almost works like, well, this is just like, this is your epilogue almost yeah. to this whole thing and like mm-hmm. the start of the new journey that you could be watching instead. Well, and um, also, the, like from what, from what I remember, because I haven't seen the movie in a while, but from what I remember, like... Roland is like, yeah, I fought him before, and it's like every time or whatever. Like, he he talks about how many times they fought, right? How many times, like, how many outcomes there have been. And it's just vague enough. It's nice because it's just vague enough to the fact that like he's fought him his entire life. Yeah. Not even just because of the cyclical nature of of going into the tower and coming back and all of that, Mm -hmm. but also because like you find out that. Since he was a child, the man yeah. in black has been like part of his life and like fucking with his family and exactly. all of this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So like it's just vague enough to work however you want to interpret it mm-hmm. as like a, as like someone watching it. So it's yeah. like so yeah, you like, as someone who has no context for that to watch that and be like, oh, OK, I get what he means. Mm-hmm. And for me watching that and I have all of this different context and like, yeah. oh, my God, he's referencing all of this other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was just going to say when I was watching, I'm like, OK, so clearly man in black has just been this entity this thing in his life this thorn in his side cool all right he's gonna get his it's gonna be great but like now i'm gonna rewatch that movie and be like geez this goes so way deeper than i ever imagined it could (laughs) yeah and it's it's wild too with the man in black because like he has like three different names going through the damn series so yeah. sometimes you forget that because he starts off as martin and then you find out that he's also walter mm-hmm. then you find out he's randall flag who is like the devil bad guy from the stand oh, who is like he's just the guy the bad guy from the stand as well because he basically he's supposed to be this like embodiment of like whatever evil characters yeah. Stephen king has created like these are the embodiments of evil um crazy that's crazy uh, that's so cool yeah. Jeez. Um, the other thing I want to talk about, because I'm sure I don't think, I mean, you haven't mentioned it, so I assume you have no strong opinion one way or the other, but is the idea of Idris Elba playing Roland as a this black guy Yeah. playing Roland, because it was like a whole thing, of course, because Wait. some people are terrible. Wait, what? And that Roland, especially in the artwork, is, and I think in, in the books it comes up, is white. Oh, really? In I have yes. no idea. Yeah, because especially for the movie, it really doesn't matter. No, <laughs> and I mean, it really it doesn't shouldn't matter. matter. It, like, it shouldn't. The only, the only reason it comes up in the books is because there is a black character that then shows up in the books, and there's like a whole thing between the fact that he is a white man and she is a black woman, uh-huh. and so like not not like a. We'll get into it. I was about to say not like a racist thing. Maybe it's racist. I don't know. I, I'm not the person that really should be making that determination, but um, like th- there is a th- there is storytelling reasons. For hit for him to be a white person for some of the books, but mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter. I would argue it still doesn't matter, but yeah. for the movie, it especially doesn't matter because it yeah. never like they took that character out, so it really doesn't matter. Um, but I think it, I mean, I think he just was fucking great in that movie. Yeah, like <laughs> well, that... he does stoic. He does stoic and, st- and gunslinger very well. So. I mean, it, 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 like he he's just fantastic in anything he does. Like that's yes. that's what it basically comes down to, is Ibris Elba. Ibris Elba can't say his name right now. Um, can freaking do anything in my opinion, and it will be okay. Like he's going to carry the character and carry the story the way that he will. Um, yeah, that yeah, and absolutely. that's definitely like him and Matthew McConaughey definitely. Um sold me on going to see this movie along with it being a fantasy and being this like crazy world and i'm like okay yeah so two of two of like these awesome actors who i have who i enjoy all of their movies pretty much and who just make every single film fun they really do like yeah (laughs) so yeah it had no 
I didn't even know that. Like, I had no yeah. idea there was... Again, it's... it's, it's so... Also, oh, man, people so shouldn't have an this. issue with that. No, like, the, the reason they had issues... I'll give you the two reasons, well, I mean, aside from racism, the, the issues they yes, brought up but... with it. One is just, you know, again, the artwork, like, especially the Dark Tower book, the book seven, which is titled Just the Dark Tower, um, has Roland on the cover, and he's white. Same with the gunslinger. So, like, they're, they're basing it off of that. And also, there's a lot of, like, Clint Eastwood references to yeah. him, because, of course, there is. It's yeah. Fucking... That's who you think of when you think of Westerns yeah. for the most part. See, I think um, of John Wayne. But anyways. Well, there you go. But again, white guy. I mean, that's yeah, the thing. exactly. Like, and that, that's entirely because of the way that American Western film has decided that all of these big cowboy actors would be white, despite the fact that there were plenty of black people in the West. It's a whole other thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm like a firm. I mean, like you say that there are there are specific story elements as to why he's white in this book. Right. Like, no, I'm going to. Yeah. Like there. When, I mean, going back to, like, my screenwriting class and whatnot, it, a huge thing that I took was, like, the character's gender, base, bare bones, a character's gender or, or race or anything like that, unless it is specific to the story and specific to the plot, really shouldn't matter. So, right. like, not to, you know, to bring, because I was just having this discussion last night. Um, I, I, uh, not, well, this, this episode is going to be coming out after this discussion, whatever, time is weird, right? I'm just having <laughs> this discussion because we saw the hustle and the thing about the hustle is basically it's a, it's a like retelling of Dirty Rotten Scoundrels and the thing about that story is it is a story that can be told with any gender, with any race, it does not really matter, but you can add certain story elements depending on what kind right. of person you have playing those characters. Which but is like, essentially how the, the book ends up working. Yes. Yeah. Like that's how that's how storytelling should be, is that it it should be anybody can be this character. But because this character looks or or acts the, this certain way, there might be different things that they have to deal with. Right. And which is a yeah. Per, yeah, which is a perfect transition into the. I mean, we're what forty minutes in, so this is a pile of beat. Yep, 50, perfect, perfect time. Yeah. Um, oh right, because we. Anyway, we edited out something. <laughs> I was like, "What does my timer say?" Forty-one minutes. Okay, this is perfect because then we can talk about the two like main characters that were cut out of this story for the movie, mm. and that's perfect because okay. timing-wise, it'll work out and it explains this. So, the reason that I talk about how like the storytelling works, and again, the storytelling works because Stephen King wrote this character like as a white guy. So, of course, when someone's going to come in and like react to a something in race him being white's gonna come up again I, yes. I will i will argue in a second why i think in the movie it would have worked out fine um so there are two characters that aren't in that aren't in the movie that are you know throughout the series they're part of the the whole like family that he finds in this along with jake and that is eddie dean and Susanna, mm -hmm. who is also detta and odetta <laughs> We'll get into her in a second. Eddie okay. Dean's a quick one. Eddie Dean's a quick one. He's a junkie mm -hmm. from the '80s that Roland pulls, just like you know, just like Jake pull, pulls into his world, um, and he becomes like surrogate, another surrogate like son and like older brother to Jake mm -hmm. and like son uncle thing with like nephew thing with Roland. It's a whole thing. Aaron Paul was like gunning for that position. He when we all thought that that character was going to be in the movie. Yeah. Like, and like, like, literally, like, Aaron Paul's character from Breaking Bad is Eddie Dean. Like, they are, like, very much the same character. Yeah. You know, like, the, the, like, recovering junkie uh, imprinted on really shitty dude that's, like, going to drag him along for his own purposes almost perfectly. <laughs> Aaron Paul would have been great in that role. I'm sorry he didn't get to play it. Anyway, he's not as interesting as Susanna. So Susanna's a black woman mm -hmm. from the 60s. Who, when she was younger, had a got a, a head injury because the guy that pushed Jake into the street uh, had a he was called a pusher uh, because he had a habit of like either pushing people into things or pushing things on top of people to hurt them because I don't know crazy man and so in the 60s he dropped a brick on Jesus. little on little uh, I think it, I think Odetta is her 
original name. Mm-hmm. And I think Dead is the other one. And then Suzanne is later. <sighs> it's a confusing character. She's also the best character in the whole damn <laughs> series. Um, drops a brick on her head, causing a, uh, you know, causing a head injury that causes uh, split personality. Oh, so Odetta uh, would sometimes slip into Detta. So Odetta is I'm trying so hard to make this as clear as possible and realize like when you're, you're not good. looking at them. It's not, so uh, Odetta is daughter of a uh, her father's a dentist and like, a, you know, he's, you know, upstanding member of society. And so she uh, uh, and so in the 60s, when the um, civil rights movement is happening, it's like a big thing that uh, I think you're introduced to her getting like bailed out of out of prison after um, uh, protesting with the civil rights movement mm-hmm. and all this stuff. Mm. Um, but she's in a wheelchair because of the accident. Yeah. And, um, well, that's what it was. He doesn't drop a brick on her head. He, oh no, I think both. I think he drops a brick on her head when she's, when she's younger and then he pushes her. And then the years later, he pushes her onto like a train track and her legs get cut off. Jesus. Yeah. All right. And it turns out that it's the same guy that does both. And then Roland kills him. And then he can't later push Jake or something. Yeah. I don't remember. I'll explain later after I've finished the book on audible. Um, but anyway, Not so she's got this. So, yeah, so um, <laughs> so that's that's Odetta. That's her base personality, who she is normally. Then sometimes she would slip into Detta, and Detta is like the most um, stereotype that like a white person is going to think of of like a black person in the fifties. Like every bad stereotype that they would glob onto them mm. is Detta. And it's supposed to be Stephen King like this is her way of like, you know, she's she does everything right. And this is still how people view her. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he doesn't say this outright, but this is kind of the feeling you get is that like Dead is supposed to be like everything that people are going to assume about her as a black woman, no matter what, no matter how, you know, proper and upstanding and good she is. They're always going to have this view of her as a black woman because, hey, we don't like black people in America. Ha. Huh? Um so you get this whole thing with her. And so when she's brought over by Roland, it becomes like a whole thing that like, oh, <laughs> these two white guys just dragged this black woman into like God knows where. Mm-hmm. And so she's reacting to that. And she does like and she makes comments about them both being white and she makes in all this other stuff. And then uh, I forget how, but they managed to somehow merge the two personalities into Susanna. Mm-hmm. And Susanna is there through the whole series. She's fucking fantastic. She's like the most badass out of all of them. She has this awesome thing in Wizard of the Collar. She throws these like razor sharp like frisbee plates at things oh, and sweet. cuts their heads off. That's oh, it's cool. great. That's cool. Um, so, so yeah. So when you talk about like Roland is white in the books, Suzanne is in in like Detta especially. Her reactions to him as a white guy are are like the thing that comes up. Yeah. But I would argue, again. That's a reaction to how the character was written. If she had been in that movie and you have Idris Elba there, you could just as easily have like whatever race conversation you want to have yeah. with like this blatant stereotype, angry black woman versus this stoic black guy. And you could have all of these conversations still about race and that wouldn't yeah. change that much at all. Yeah. So yeah. I never had a problem with like Idris Elba being put in that role <clears throat> before we even knew that. Eddie and Susanna would not be in the movie. Yeah. So. Yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that's, it's, it's weird too, because like after that, there's really no conversations about race in the, the entire thing. I mean, there's so few people left <laughs> in Roland's world. Ooh, you okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, just dropped something. <laughs> <laughs> there's like so few people left in Roland's world that like race never really comes up. Yeah. No one ever, no one ever like, at least so that I can remember, no one is ever like concerned that a black woman has shown up or anything yeah. like that. So whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, in an ideal in, a, in an ideal society, race and gender and sexuality shouldn't matter. So well, <laughs> everybody is just about a person. A, when you're talking about a world that is post 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 apocalyptic yeah. at this point yeah. that is literally it's falling like there, apart at the seams there's other things <laughs> that we need to be worried about yeah uh, surviving <laughs> <laughs> and dealing with this dude who's trying to break reality yep <laughs> oh yeah. man yeah oh god and just the references that he continues to make through all of these books there's like a there's a building 
that is named after <laughs> a single misprint of a book that happened in like the 80s. Like the first run of a book was misprinted oh, wow. and then fixed after that. And they named the building after whatever the misprint was. Because Stephen King had to be like, ha, I know books, screw you. So, in, wait, in, in the movie or in the... No, in the, in the books. In the books, okay. Yeah, there's something called a... Uh, I think it's... I think a Hogan is what it's actually called. Mm-hmm. It's like a metal tent or whatever. Yeah. And there was like a, a book called the Hogan, but when they were first printed, they were misprinted as the Dogan. And oh. so they call it the Dogan. Oh, okay. I'm sure. Why not? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. Dark Tower. So yeah, that's the. Do- I mean, that's the kind of base tech like context of the Dark Tower. I'm sorry if I like spoil like a bunch of stuff. If anybody's out there who wants no. to like read the book, but quite frankly, it it's still feel worth like it. it. Like, believe me, I have given you such bare bones compared yeah. to the thousands and thousands of pages of the Dark Tower. Yeah. Like it. Uh, it honestly didn't feel. It kind of just felt like plot points. Yeah. Like, but I don't know how anything happens. You know, like. <laughs> That's what I want to see. That's yeah. what I want to know. <laughs> so but, definitely go out there and look for like the comics, like I said, are out there. Some of yeah. them are like yeah. ancillary, and I don't know how much context you need from the books to understand mm-hmm. those comics. And some of them are just the the stories. Yeah. Um, I think that's it. I'm trying to think <laughs> if there's anything. Else. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I feel like I'm gonna hang up this call and be like, wait, there's like 20 other things I could talk about. I mean, it is but... a big considering how many connections the Dark Tower has to other things and how how I mean that whole discussion we had like it's a huge topic. Yeah, we covered a lot. <laughs> we didn't even go into all of Stephen King. No, God, we did a whole other hour. That's a whole do. other thing that we could. Do. <laughs> I know that. Oh, you know what? I knew there was one other thing I wanted to mention because I wanted to see if you knew this. Do you know the movie Hearts in Atlantis with Anthony Hopkins? No. So, <laughs> Hearts in Atlantis, as a story, is Dark Tower related. Oh, really? Because the whole thing about the old guy is running from these bad guys that are just the bad guys from yeah. Dark Tower. Um, he was one of the ones that, like, I think at some point had the basically had the shine. So they years before they were going with just kids they were like testing it on other people and he was like mm-hmm. one of these people they were testing on and so he ran off and they were chasing him all this stuff then they made hearts in atlantis the movie with anthony hopkins and they just removed all the dark tower <laughs> stuff out of it and i think he's just running from the mob instead oh wow <laughs> all right so technically there was already a dark tower movie That's they funny. just didn't talk well, about it as a dark tower movie. so okay so so now that you brought that up i was not gonna bring this up but the conversation has made me think of it and I think even when I saw Dark Tower, it made me think of it. But I'm going to bring up Twitches again. <laughs> and... I did not know where that sentence was going. <laughs> I'm bringing up Twitches again because in Twitches, so if anybody doesn't know what Twitches is, it's T and Tamara Maori, their sisters, who are witches, the twin witches, and they come from the world of Coventry and... They have to leave the world of Coventry and come to the, like, Earth, like, you know, normal Earth, because the shadowy thing is is attacking Coventry and breaking it down, and it's starting to break down the real world and all of that, right? Okay, so, in Twitches, one of the sisters has dreams about Coventry and about, like, their childhood, so that's all I can think of when... Jake is having these dreams and like oh, yeah. these visions, and like she also draws them. Whereas, he, oh, yeah, because that's also he like draws them out. That's pretty like tropey storytelling oh, yeah. at that point, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, when like Drawing of the Three came out in like 80, I had the dates up two minutes Eight, ago, like 85 ish. <laughs> so, like, you're talking about book, I mean. Even by then, it was already a tie. Oh, yeah. Overused, like, trope for, for fantasy and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But I would not be surprised if, like, somewhere written, like, some trivia somewhere, it says that par- partially Twitches was inspired by the Dark Tower. Oh, of course. Knowing, um, like, knowing what I know now about the Dark Tower, that it was, that it did ha- come out in the 80s and, like, it started in the 80s and all of that, like, knowing that it is basically it's connected to reality and all of that like twitches there's definitely this dark tower element to it that 
I've always loved and didn't know was related to Dark Tower. It probably isn't. I'm probably just projecting onto it. I mean, it's, like, it's always hard to tell because, like, there are always people that are, like, um... <laughs> Sorry, I was like on the page. I was checking something. Um, <laughs> there are always there are always people that that have that reference. Like J.J. Abrams oh, yeah. wanted to do a Dark Tower thing for years and like lost. Yeah, is like lo- like a huge one of the huge influences is the Dark Tower, <clears throat> and Charles Dickens, which I think also probably influenced the Dark Tower in yeah. that everybody knows everybody. Yeah. For some reason. Yeah. Um, no. I was looking at who ended up making the movie because I couldn't remember. Um, yeah. But the. But, I mean, the fact, like, the way you get to Coventry and Twitches is you go through doorways, you go through portals, and right. you have to find the certain portal to get there, and um, and there are other worlds than Coventry. Like, it's kind of, it talks about, like, if, from what I remember, I could be misre- misremembering, but um, there are other worlds besides Coventry. It's just Coventry is the one that's being focused on in relationship to the to Earth and all that, so... It's crazy. I mean, one could argue. Never mind. I'm not gonna do that. I mean, that's just. <laughs> it's magic I mean, that's the funny thing. Because basically, but, it's you great. Because basically, all he did was like, well, all things are connected, so yeah. screw it. Yeah. <laughs> like... But it's crazy. Yeah. So I'm I'm happy I got to bring up Twitches again. <laughs> In relationship uh, and I'm happy. To this. I'm happy you liked that movie because I yeah. I was like I like I said I remember enjoying it for what it was. Uh, I thought there was plenty of cool stuff happening in that movie that I didn't. Not none of it bothered me as much as it bothered some other people because like i was trying to be realistic about what that movie was gonna yeah, be I think. exactly and i think that's how you have to go into those movies you have to go into that with like an open mind realism kind of thing like this is not gonna be the same as the book guys yeah and it's gonna be okay <laughs> that's sometimes okay so especially considering the gunslinger is like five flashbacks in a row it's flashbacks within flashbacks <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> Which would be great to watch someone try and comprehend <laughs> in a movie. <laughs> how many how many flashbacks in are we now? I don't remember. How many layers deep are we? Uh, okay. Oh, uh, I think that's gonna do it for this episode, <laughs> this hot topic episode. Uh, this will go. Uh, I mean, you'll hear this a couple of weeks, probably after we've um, recorded. Yes. But um, a definite. We are just we're we're pre we're in the pregame for our detective Pikachu episode. So we're both giddy. Uh, <laughs> um, but you can follow us on Twitter at say report junior, and you can find us on YouTube at say report junior. You can also follow us individually. I am at Zerwiski, and I'm at Dale's brain. And you can also find us on Spotify. You got the oh, yeah. Spotify I always plug. forget that. Yes. Spotify, Spotify, Spotify. <laughs> um, um, yeah, this is great. I really wish I had a good quote here, but I've, I exhausted the there are other worlds than these thing already. You could the just, only good quote. You, I mean, you could uh, say the gunslinger, the the first one, the man in black. Oh yeah, across. We, that's oh, like yeah, a good cyclical bookend. storytelling. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Oh, I didn't tell you about that. Doesn't matter. I knew there was so. Doesn't matter. We've already done the outro. Oh, this series. <laughs> Bye, the, everybody. Say Go the line of dialogue. I want to hear. It. I want it to be the bookend. The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. Take it away, Liz. <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time. <laughs>